0: Standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it's so good to hear you back on the air. Standby
1: now. Here's JP. All right, welcome into a basketball Friday. Let's do basketball Friday. How about that? Uh, football season is over, and we actually have a basketball season in tampa bay thanks to the usf bulls uh welcome into a friday edition of the jp peterson show here on all of our usual platforms youtube and facebook and twitter and of course i always as a podcast but now on 102.5 the strike so if you're listening to us live we uh, really appreciate you and jump on in the comments if you can or uh hit us up online at fanstreamjp jp and let us know where you're listening how you're listening and you're enjoying the Radio broadcast as well here, and uh, to that end, Tim Ham, IndyCar Tim, joining me from our Dallas affiliates, uh this morning. We've got um, we got Chris Youngblood joining us, one of the leading scorers for your USF Bulls. Uh, great young player, and uh, this this Bulls team has really taken the area by storm. What's up, Timmy? How are you? Good
2: morning, JP. Good morning, Tampa St. Peter is it St. Pete, Tampa? I'm not real sure how I'm supposed to. We just say Tampa Bay, baby. Just Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Bay. Here in Dallas-Fort Worth, if you if you live in Dallas, you you call it Dallas-Fort Worth. If you live in Fort Worth, you call it Fort Worth-Dallas. Uh and then the two there's a the whole <laughs> feud, right? If, depending on where you live, which is better and it's Is there fun. is
1: there a feud there? I oh, mean the twi- yes. like
2: the twins it, there's always
1: cuz there's, you know, there's always this rivalry here in Tampa Bay, which I didn't grow up here so I never got a sense of it. Once I I moved here in 1997, I was like, you know, Tampa Bay. I first lived in Pinellas County when I first moved here and worked in Pinellas County. Then I moved over to the Tampa side and lived in, and worked mostly on Tampa for, for most of my time here. But I always look at it as one region. right? And so yeah. many people look at it as Tampa, Tampa versus St. Petersburg. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? It's like yeah. one big region. You know, what are we doing? And, and it would help if there were some governmental agencies. I think the only thing that is kind of region wide is a transportation. Uh, and I think they've even divvied that up. Um, yeah. So it's like, you can't, which is silly because you, you should work as one region. You should work as one region, but every government, you know, is different. And I guess that's impossible to do, but uh, yeah,
2: Fort Worth's always played the role of little brother to Dallas. And it it's just, it's yeah. always been that way for 150 years. And even now here we are in 2024 and it's, it's still, it's still that way. It didn't is whatever. it. Have you ever had a situation where it's like Fort Worth is going to take the Cowboys?
1: Like when they're like they're going to take the Rangers, they're going to take the Stars, they're going you know uh, they're going to take the. Oh, Mads. Yeah. Have,
2: there, have there ever been a, a yeah? And it's that's yeah. always failed. So back in uh, well the when. The original Texas, you know, the Cowboys played in the Cotton Bowl in downtown Dallas when they first came to be. Mm -hmm. And then they built Texas Stadium, which is in Irving. It's a suburb of Dallas, but it's just outside of Dallas, way closer to Dallas than Fort Worth. When they were building the stadium, it was, you know, Fort Worth was like, we're going to build a stadium here and we're going to move them here. And then in 09, it was the same thing. When they replaced Texas Stadium, they went to Cowboys Stadium. Jerry moved it out to Arlington, which is directly in between Dallas and Fort Worth. And Fort Worth, called it a win. Uh, you know, they called it. You know what? We made a move out here because they want to be closer to Fort Worth, and it was right. just, It's just comical. You know, I, I wasn't born here, but I've been in, in Dallas, the Dallas area pretty much since I was three, and uh, it's just, it's just comical to me. Like you said, why can't we just all get along?
1: Yeah, it is. It it, it is silly at times, no question about it. Um, but um, yeah, I was just noticing uh, I'm, the show is not up on my Twitter, so if, well, I will have to guess. I'll have to retweet that. Uh, and and get that role. And just so everybody knows where to watch and where to get everything and uh, what's going on. We also also have Dave Michigan uh, coming on at uh, 1015 uh, lightning play by play, man, huge win for the bolts last night. Um, Obviously I was there doing my thing, uh, working for the lightning. For those of you who don't know, uh, I do the uh, intermission reports and pregame show on the jumbo Tron and the postgame show with Brian Engbaum which is always very fascinating and illuminating. Um, and it just a tremendous win last night uh, for the Bolts against the Avalanche. And, you know, they put back-to-back wins together against the Bruins and the Avalanche, two teams that are clearly competing for the Stanley Cup. Um, I, I was looking at some of the power rankings in some of the national uh, and networks, and they've got the Lightning around 10, 11, which I'm like, I'm not going to bitch about it. It doesn't even matter, really. They have a playoff system, a real playoff system yeah. <laughs> in, in hockey, so you don't have to worry about the rankings, right, or getting left out um so but they have them down at 10 11 which is fine you you, you'd rather just be under the radar but you know it's it's kind of like Coop said after the game last night you know we've we've gone through some times where we missed some of our better players Vasilevsky um you know Sergachev, Chernak this is now we're starting to get everybody back and we're starting to kind of coalesce together as the team we knew we could be Uh and that's what you saw last night and you know, you would like to see some depth scoring and all that good stuff, but it's it's nice to have the best player in the league, too. You know, it's nice to <laughs> just when Kucherov touches the ice, you got a chance to win. He was absolutely phenomenal last night. Absolutely dominant. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, it was it, it was it's like watching a superstar because that's what he is dominate a game in a league where he's the best player you know Nathan McKinnon was on the ice last night with him those two have been going back and forth for the scoring lead and Kucherov said with a straight face as you knew he would oh there was no extra motivation come on come on Cooch you know not that he needs it the dude's ultra intense anyway um and, and you know there may be some truth to that it's like every game I go out I want to dominate and of course he does right. and does you, normally." Um, but yeah, he, he had what 16 shot attempts last night, six scoring uh, chance, 15 shot attempts, six uh, dangerous scoring chances, buried two of them, um, you know, assisted on another, yeah, and just again was the dominant force in a game where you know you're, you you know you thought it would be McKinnon versus And Now McKinnon did take a puck to the nose uh, somewhere in the late first, a second, mm. early second period. It was bad. It was bad, but, you know, he missed about six, seven minutes and came back out. But that's, you know, as, as as my partner, Brian Engblom, who's played the game, said, once you get something like that and your blood's rushing, it's obviously very hard to breathe. And, you know, an ultra aerobic sport where you're trying to get oxygen into your lungs through your nose, if it's full of blood, it's it's going to affect your performance. So uh, I don't want to take away anything from Cooch, but, you know, that was the situation for McKinnon. He had a couple of points, a couple of assists was dangerous all night, but, um, you know, the Lightning did a good job of keeping them out of the net, and and that's what you got to do in those situations. They got a couple of empty netters, um, but, again, another big part of this and a big part of the combination that has been so good for the Lightning uh, was Vasilevsky. Once again, he was phenomenal in net, uh, made it look so, – and when Vas, he's playing well, and you can see, like, his first 10 games and his last 10 games, there's about um, almost uh, almost a goal difference in goals against – Save percentage up about 25, 30 uh, percentage points. So there's there was a marked difference from when he finally coming off the back surgery. It's like, okay, there was some time that he needed to get, you know, reacclimated to his body and get the get back to being the big cat. And now you're seeing he's back to being the big cat. So that's this is it's all coming together. And now you have a a, a trade deadline coming up where um uh, Brees Bois is gonna have some some room to maneuver now. Because he's got 8.6 million dollars in cap space uh, to use, with Sergeyev going on long-term injured reserve. Yeah. You know, how much of that they're going to use? Because Sergey could come back. He could come back. So um, it's a severe break of the tibia and fibia, but you know those those things heal, and he could come back late in the season. Now, of course, if they make a major move, they can't bring. I'm not. They can't bring him back without making a corresponding move. If, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm. I'll check. We'll ask Dave Michigan that mm-hmm. when he comes on. So I don't think you can have – I'm trying to think back if they did that with – Yeah, I guess they did have both when when Kucherov came back. Yeah, so my, it's my bad memory. It's my Biden moment. Sorry. Um, So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out going into the playoffs. But right now, you have to be absolutely thrilled with with the way the Lightning are playing. That's, what, 12 of 15, four in a row, eight in a row at home. And they got the Panthers coming in, which um, they've won nine in a row on the road. Lightning have won eight in a row at home. So – something's got to give on Saturday and that'll be a five o'clock game, a little early start there. So Um, yeah, it should be, should be, should be very, very interesting for that one. Um, Your stars blew somebody out last night right now, right? Last
2: night, didn't they? Yeah. The predators nine to two, we had four goals up uh, five minutes into the game. (laughs) How many we were up four to nothing, five minutes at the, at the 15 minute mark of the first period. Wow, I, I just was like, you know what? I, the Preds I are a, struggling, huh? Apparently, they're struggling on defense and in goal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that so. was um,
1: hmm, very very interesting. All right, so so we'll talk more with uh, Dave Michigan about the Bolts here coming up uh, at ten fifteen uh, in just a couple minutes. Um, Look, a couple notes on the Rays. So the Rays spring training is opened. Um, but this is off the off the field stuff uh, concerning the stadium. The commissioner, Rob Manfred, had some quotes yesterday about uh, and to my knowledge, the first real comments that he's had on this stadium deal since it was, comp- you know, so, you know, agreed to somewhat seven, eight months ago. Uh, this is the first time he's extensively talked about it, which I think is is interesting in and of itself. I uh, said, I think the plan that the plan has the potential to significantly alter the economics of the franchise and make what has been an unbelievably efficient and effective organization, even more effective because you'll have additional resources. Uh, Manfred told the Tampa Bay times on Thursday. Um, he also said, uh, um, we're at the point now where it needs to go in terms of getting the deal done. Thursday, he said that wasn't seeking to put pressure on the city and uh, Pinellas County approval process but that he simply wants to get the stadium issue which predated him first taking office in january 2015 resolved said quote i meant nothing by that comment then the sooner the financial side of things and the governmental side of things get determined then the sooner they can get approval on the new ballpark the sooner we know they'll have a new ballpark the better it is for us uh i'm not sending any subtle message i'd just rather have it done sooner rather than later it's been a long process they seem like they have made a lot of progress, and obviously, we just have would like to have it finished up so we know uh, what we're doing. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's um, you know if that's more sp- stating the obvious. You know, hopefully, a new stadium will bring new revenue. Yeah. Um, it, we, I mean, I think certainly initially it will, um, but it's still a failed location. It's still on the edge of the market. It's not in the middle of the market where most stadiums are built on and on. We could go about this. It's still a a terribly flawed idea. It's way too much public money. And here's the other part. Now the plan April vote of the city council has been pushed back to May. And part of the reason is the city council and the county commission still does not have the financial documents. February 16th, February 16th. We're supposed to do a final vote in early April. Now push back to May because they still don't have the financial documents. And of course, Brian Ald has to, you know, say uh, that the, any altering of the timeline. In other words, if you don't approve this right away, then it, the whole deal blows up. Because it changes the timeline and it changes the construction cost and all that he says any delay is going to fundamentally alter the entire agreement. Yeah. Which is uh, when you're trying to push something past a lot of people without them really looking at it, and getting the numbers, you want to put the, you know, Oh, listen, if you don't vote for this, we're going to give you the numbers in late April or April. And then we're going to vote on it in May. We'll give you a couple of weeks to, 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 but if, and if you don't do it, it's going to fundamentally alter the entire agreement. Right. I mean, what do they tell you when you're doing a deal, right, with somebody? If they're really eager to get the deal done, you better read the fine print, right? Yeah. If they're pressuring you to get the deal done and get your signature, you better read the fine print. So, again, this this deal is a financial disaster, in my opinion, for, this, for the city of St. Petersburg and uh, Pinellas County. $1.2 billion in public money. Uh, by the time it's all done, that's the estimates in the reporting from the times, uh, for a failed location stadium. Uh, it just, it, it makes no sense. And when all so many other needs of this city and one of them is not a baseball stadium, by the way, uh, yeah. it's, downtown St. Petersburg doesn't need it. It certainly will not bring in what a, co- uh, what a, a convention center or a cruise port could do uh, or renourishing the beaches or so many other things that could be used to improve, um, tourism and yep. it's it's to me it's an ego play for the politicians that's all it is because it makes no sense for baseball and and rob manford knows that he knows that damn well um and, and to say that yeah it, all he's really saying is yeah if it's finished there'll be some more resources for the for the raise well god i hope so if you build a new stadium uh, uh replacing one that's completely obsolete and has been for the past 15 years yeah you should have uh, more premium seating which allows for a lot more revenue. Uh, which is what normal uh, new stadiums are doing. So, yeah, I, I think that's stating the obvious. So the, to me, the big news is the, the, uh, the, uh, the vote has been pushed back to May. They still don't have the final documents for financing and won't get them until April. That's the big news. And, you know, all of the things that we've heard, there's a lot of uh, coming from the county commission and the city council, uh, some hesitation on their part because they haven't seen the numbers. And they're all being briefed individually to keep it out of the sunshine of the of um, public records request, which is also very interesting. Why are they continuing to do this in secret? Because you got something to hide, JP. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's why they do things in secret. That's why they Dang. make special arrangements to do to brief them individually. So it's not more than so it's not three people or more and they can keep it out of a public records request. Yeah. There ought to be some red flags here for you, folks. Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Dave Mishkin will join us. Play-by-play, man, of your Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning. with a heck of a win last night over the abs. They're on a roll. We'll hear from Mish, who's also got a novel coming out. He's an author. Very interesting stuff. Stay with us. JP here for my friends at your local Synovus Bank. And I do mean friends, and I do mean local. One of the local managers in Tampa is John Acosta, big fan of the show, and I've known him for over 40 years. He's been in local banking since 1983. You talk about developing relationships. You don't stick around for that long unless you're doing things the right way and have a great reputation. And that's the focus company-wide at Synovus. Big enough to handle any complex international transaction, but small enough to answer the phone when you have an urgent question about your business or personal account. And for personal accounts, they have a very easy app that works great. You can do everything online. And for large or small businesses, you will get that personal touch and services to help build your business, taking your dreams and aspirations from the whiteboard to reality. We can make that happen. Let us show you how. For a Get Acquainted meeting to open a business or personal account, just call John or go to synovus.com to find out where your local branch is. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10 footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal. But find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging, marketing, and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. You might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813 485 6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G E D D E S Gordon.kw.com or call 813 485 6808. Let's go. Right
0: now, back to the show on fan stream sports
1: all right welcome back to the jp peterson show brought to you by the jeeves law group j-e-e-v-e-s lawgroup.com scott jeeves is the man and uh his army of attorneys there will help you take on any insurance company uh, that you need to just go to the uh website jeeveslawgroup.com contact him through there tell him jp sent you and uh sick them sick them on whoever you need to sick them on because they'll uh they'll go after them aggressively it's the jeeves law group j-e-e-v-e-s lawgroup.com all right sick- let's welcome in <laughs> let's welcome in the man the myth and now author of uh a, a, a great new book blind squirrel i believe is the name of it dave michigan lightning play-by-play man joining the show what's up dave how are you
0: i'm doing well jp thank you for getting the title correct <laughs> it's, it's only two like, words uh, it doesn't take much to memorize
1: <laughs> i did my research uh, you know how thorough yes, i can did. be <laughs>
0: yes you're very thorough
1: oh, yes. well, you I gotta
0: can't... be on your toes to handle the intermission report <laughs> with the camera you know i have that you are normally ask me the questions i have to ask you a question you go right all right those ahead. years that you did all those years that you're working in front of a camera You've not been in front of a camera for a while, except when you come work for the Light. Do you ever lose that? Like when you're on radio for a long period of time and you have to go back in front of the camera, is no, that an adjustment, or is it like riding a bike for you?
1: It's like riding a bike. Um, it never and and it's something I don't even think about. Honestly, Dave, I don't. I never think about how many people are watching. You know, I've I've you know, I've been blessed in my career to do a lot of different things. Sunday Night Football uh, did a lot of live hit with Bob Costas one night on Sunday Night Football, and and literally had the IFB reverb in my ear. Like you know what that when you get the two second delay, my like my big yeah. breaking national TV, and I'm like I told the truck operator, hey, make sure you take the mix minus out. And I'm working on network television. You think they'd get that right, but they didn't. Um, but so anyway, it's it's and there's millions of people watching you. And I just never think about that. If I, if I did, I probably would lose my mind, but I don't. So it's, yeah, I, I guess starting at a young age, you know, I started when I was like 21 years old. So, you know, now I'm a hundred. So it's just, you know, at the age <laughs> of the current, it's just easy. So no, I never lose it. And of course, as you know, working with the lightning and working with Bally's and working with the lightning audio network, they have the best team ever. I mean, John Franzone, uh felicia and everybody that works at lightning vision uh steve and i mean i could go on and on and, and all these great people they make it so easy for you you know all i got to do is read the damn prompter you know make up a few things mm-hmm. highlights and it's and it's pretty easy so thanks for asking though It is fun and believe it or not yeah no i'm curious about that this is a video show that we do every day the jp peterson show oh, okay video i don't put on makeup maybe i should but um <laughs> yes, if you joined us on Street well, Yard, you too would be on camera. So we're actually I'm doing two hours
0: of TV every day now. It's just that, not That's kind of become a thing. Yeah, like I heard rumors and they have not yet come to fruition that for our Power Lunch show we may be video camming that as well, which will be that's an adjustment right. because I have weird facial expressions when I talk. Even when I'm not emoting, when I'm just actually speaking, my face goes all over the place. So I don't think that I was well-suited to be in front of a camera. See, but this this is the thing sensitive about it. This is the thing,
1: Mitch.
2: I have weird face. I have an ugly face and a weird face. And it doesn't, I don't think <laughs> do about not. it. And I don't, I don't think how yeah. a guy with a face made for radio got on national TV. What <laughs> the heck?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mystery. It's a mystery of, you know, like, uh, you know, who built the pyramids. But anyway uh yeah don't worry about it anyway it's it's, everybody's on camera now everybody's got a a laptop camera everybody's got a podcast everybody's got a live stream so you're just one of the millions except people actually want to hear what you have to say and that's why we have you. well
0: thank you very much
1: (laughs) So i'm at your
0: disposal you can ask the questions from here on
1: out well you know the other good thing is we should you know speaking of symbiotic working together now so the strike 102.5 is now has been live for a few months now, but we are, your show has been live for a long time on the strike, uh, noon to one. So if, if you're a Lightning fan and you're not listening to Lightning Power Lunch, I don't know what you're doing. Because you and Greg do such a great job. I listen to it all the time. If you want to know about everything that's going on with the Lightning and the league, um, you guys are fantastic. We play it before I like got my drive over. I always put it on the strike and I listen to you guys. So it's kind of like a pregame show. I think they replayed at, What five to six? Um, I'm not sure of the schedule. But I believe you guys- so. Yeah, leading
0: in, leading into the pre-pre show that yeah. we have. Yeah. So so, and then we
1: you. on live uh, from from 10 to noon, and then you we, you guys follow. So we're your lead in. Hopefully, we're bringing you a little bit of audience here and there. But we just started this. <laughs> so, but it's nice to have an alternative now for people on the radio if they want to listen to another station. Yeah. Here we are, and I think that's great.
0: Well. And I think that Greg and I have benefited from the fact that we've done this for a few years now. Yes. So we did it when it was basically us in a room and nobody listening because nobody knew where to find us. But we probably got to work out a lot of the kinks. I think that we have good chemistry together. We we like each other. I mean, a lot of the conversations that we have on the show we had before there was a show when <laughs> we were just sitting in the booth before the game and we get into a conversation, but. You know, the Lightning have had a 24-7 audio presence going back almost a decade now. You know this, JP, because you've done shows. And it was in different... There there were different ways to to get it. It was was not as readily available as it is now, and some of that is just due to the way the world has changed, right? You know, back in the mid-2010s, most people still listened on terrestrial radio. They didn't really know how to access a show off their phone, or if they, they knew it existed, they needed a roadmap. And it's great to have the strike, which is, you know, on the terrestrial radio landscape. But there are a lot of different ways to consume audio now. But when we started, you know, I'm not sure how many people even knew we were on the air, but that didn't matter to us because, <laughs> as you said, it didn't matter if there was one person listening or, right. you know, one with some zeros after it we did the job to the best of our ability. So I think that we, we came into this having ridden the bicycle for a little bit. And I think that that, that has helped. And we also, you know, are talking about a subject that we are warm to. We like talking hockey and yes. the, the flow of the season, you know, if it's like today, the day after a game, we recap the game, but the day before a game, we preview the game, you know, we'll work in guests who give us a different perspective. So I actually have found JP that, The three things that I do related to kind of lightning games, one is calling the game. One is the show, which is an hour a day, Monday through Friday. And the other is writing for the website, which I write after every game. And then I throw in a column that's kind of more of a general column once a month. Like they have a symbiotic relationship. You know, the the three legs of the tripod all help each other. Broadcasting the game helps me do the talk show. The talk show helps me write. Writing gives me stuff to talk about on the talk show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. I really enjoy all elements of it.
1: Well, and you're so good at it. And uh, we really appreciate all you put in. That's a lot of work, What you do. I'm always always like, geez, he's writing now. He's done, he does this. He does lightning lunch every day. I'm like, wow. this, And he's an author. Which uh, we'll have to talk about another time because we have a guest coming up right after you, by the way, which I know you're interested in this as well. Chris Youngblood, uh, one of the leading scorers for USF basketball, who has a huge game on Sunday against that by you so he will be following you but this is what's great about the this the strike now is we do all sports on this show you guys really cover the lightning we cover the lightning as well um but we do all sports so it gives people a little you know a little bit of extra so let's get into last night's game um, yeah i thought it was a virtuoso performance by kucherov and his line in a big game when they needed it most in that third period i thought was just fantastic they get the you know the game tying goal from Stamkos on a great feed from Kucherov and then Braden Point with the behind the back backhand pass no look uh, to Kucherov who just buries it I mean those two things uh, erasing a lead uh, a deficit I mean that's just that's just great hockey by uh, by a line that is just you know as good as you're gonna find in this game and your thoughts on what you saw there in that third
0: period well, overall, I thought it was the Lightning's best game since they returned from the bye. And they won yeah. three in a row now, so it's okay. not like they've, they've laid eggs every night. But that was their most complete game. That was probably their most impressive overall performance. And how are they able to win it? Well, one, they got huge performances from their top guys, and you alluded to that, and the, the three guys you mentioned were on a line together. And they did not choose to match the point line against the McKinnon line. They had Sorelli's line out as much as they could against the McKinnon line. So it wasn't really strength on strength, but it was actually Ross Colton's line for much of the night on Colorado that were dealing with the Kucherov-Point-Stamkos line, and they had a hard time. Well, like a lot of lines. (laughs) But they brought it last night for the Lightning, and that was a big part of, of the victory. Another part was twice the Lightning fell behind, and each time they had a quick response, and both times it was, the point line that had the response, but they fell behind one nothing in the first, and within 2 minutes and 10 seconds, they had the game tied. That was big. And then maybe the biggest play of the game, which Coop referenced afterward, 20 seconds after the Avs score a power play goal early third to go up 3-2, Stamp goes answers on the breakaway, and it's 3-3. And I thought from that point on, that was still early in the third, J.P., the Lightning took over the game. They especially took it over once they got the lead back yeah, when yeah. that play reference would point to Kucherov where they held the puck in and, and got numbers down low. And, you know, the, the Avs had the one look from Parisi off a crossbar with maybe, I don't know, four minutes left. That was yeah, really yeah. it. That was their one isolated look. And they had a long time with the goalie on the bench, and they had a hard time generating much of anything, which is a credit to how the Lightning defended the six-on-five against. I mean they scored two empty netters. They they had chances to score empty netters before that. <laughs> yes. And and that kinda of tells you they were getting it out of the zone. They were getting it out of the zone. They were making the abs, have to skate all the way back to their own end, get the puck again. And that's tiring. And yeah. and the lightning had the upper hand in the third period and and were deserving of the victory for sure.
1: All right, uh, Mish. We got Chris on on deck here. Give me thirty seconds on this showdown with the with the uh, Panthers on Saturday night. Two teams playing great hockey. Two rivals. This should be a fun one.
0: It should be. The Lightning are going to have to play even better, I think, than they yeah. did <laughs> last night. I mean, the Panthers they are playing like machine like hockey. They are Ding up. They are scoring. They don't appear to have any weaknesses, and we know it's a rivalry game when when the two teams meet. So hopefully the Lightning will be ready and deliver, as you said, another virtuoso performance.
1: All right, Mish, we'll be listening to you guys at noon and much more on the Lightning uh, with uh, Greg Linnelli and Dave Mishkin coming up right after us on Lightning Power Lunch. Don't miss it each and every day on the Strike 102.5 and, of course, on the Lightning Audio Network. Thanks, Mish. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, JP. Take care. All right, so that's the lightning. We gave, you the, we gave you the lightning, and now we got the other biggest story in Tampa Bay sports right here. Chris Youngblood, one of the great leaders of this ensemble cast of the USF Bulls, who will be playing number 24 FAU, the final four participants from last year on Sunday in a sold-out arena, the Yingling Center. Chris joins us now, and I see that smile on your face, man, and you're like, I, I can't wait to, to get in this
3: gym. That's gonna yeah. be packed to the rafters. What, what's it feel like, man? It's, it's it's unreal, man. Because think about where we came from. Beginning of the season, we started off the season two and four, and just the stuff that we heard and saw about us, man, and the perseverance <laughs> we heard we, we we had to have throughout the season that gets where we out uh, get to where we are now, man. It's pretty impressive. So I man, just gotta keep this thing going what what did you hear? What did you see? What what motivated you? I, 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 mean, I can't really say too much, yeah. but just you know it was very unpleasant things about <laughs> our program and our coach. But hey, man, we we kept it focused. Man, it was early in the season, so it was. But uh, well, we didn't take it to a hard. Man, we deserved it. We needed it. Was that <laughs> coming
1: from somewhere around Central Florida? I mean, whether was it, was it UCF fans or was everywhere. Was it- Everywhere yeah, out Florida. Well, hey, whatever it takes to motivate you, right? Uh, yeah. Michael Jordan found motivation in a lot of different things. What is What has been. I watched the game the other night against Tulsa. And once again, um, you guys are, are so unselfish. And if it's one thing I, I could say, a few things I say about watching you guys play. Number one, you play extremely hard. And I, I love the effort that you give. But the unselfishness. Is just really fun to watch. You don't see it much in basketball anymore. And in a year of so many, you have so many new guys, a new coach, new everything. You guys seem like a well-oiled machine. How did it
3: get? How did the chemistry become so good? Oh, this off season, man. The um, one thing that coach preaches, man, being very intentional about your relationships with your teammates because it's a new group. And that was up to uh, like being lead with some one of the leaders of the team. That was probably one of my main priorities, man, making sure everybody's. Was intentional about the relationships, and the coach always preaches, preaches dangerously unselfishness. It's dangerous when nobody cares who gets the credit because we, we have a, a lot of talent on our team. So when nobody cares who gets the credit, man, man we're pretty dangerous because that's when we have six seven people in double figures. It's it's hard to be in any team when you got six seven people in double uh, double figures. So
1: well, you're a perfect example. Um, last year, you were the uh, the A son or all A son. Um you were a finalist for the Lou Henson Award. You could have come in here and said, "Look, I'm going to be a 20 point guy. I'm taking I'm taking 15 20 shots a night and you have that type of talent, you have a great three ball, you have all that, but you don't do that."
3: No. Nah. How hard is how how hard is that to, to not do? I mean, naturally as a player, as a hooper, man, like you work hard. So right. you that's what of course that's what you want to do. But the number one goal is to win. So you're going to do whatever it takes to win. I know that's not really conclusive to winning, taking 15, 20, 25 shots a game. Like if you look at teams across the country, man, if you got somebody taking 20, 25 shots a game, you're you probably are all right, but you, you're not number one or number two, top three in your conference. So, man, so that's just understanding that we have a lot of talent around this team and just spreading it out evenly, and just make makes us pretty dangerous and hard to guard and hard to stop.
1: Chris Youngblood joining us here from USF. They'll play FAU on noon uh, on Sunday in the Pack yingling Center. You guys have had some good crowds this year. Um, mm-hmm. the, this 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 past game, you had about six seven thousand. This is different though, ten thousand, yeah. and it's been a long time since that place has been packed what's the buzz on campus like? Are people coming up to you, students coming up to you, man, hey, I'm going to be there. The students have been great, by the way. Talk a little bit about the vibe you expect on Sunday.
3: The students the students are unreal because you you don't really understand how many people are on campus until you actually go out throughout campus. Man, You might go get something to eat, Chick-fil-A or something on the student center, and people keep on coming up to you. And, like, <laughs> to start the year, man, you used to walk through campus freely, man, you know, <laughs> unbothered, unbothered, like, but now, man, the past few weeks, man, it's a little, little bit different. Like you, you kinda appreciate it man, because like there's just a bunch of nice people that just big time supporters of USF the sports period, not just basketball, but just USF. Like they know everything about you, like where you're from, your stats last year when I was like when I was at my old school, I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. So it's just, yeah, it's it's just a high level of appreciation for our, our fans here in South Florida because they're big time. Yeah.
1: You know, your coach, Shamir Abdul-Rahim, first year, you came from Kennesaw State. You followed him here. Obviously, you have a special relationship to him. Um, I've been so struck. i um, the I'm trying to remember the game I was watching. You guys were down 17 um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm looking at him on the sideline. He's smiling. He's smiling at you guys. I'm like, what, what's wrong with this coach? Uh, you're down 17. You're on national television. This is a big game. And he's just like, you guys are talking amongst yourselves in the timeout. He's smiling. I'm like, what the heck's going on? What's he what was that all about? Like, what's going on in the huddle at that point?
3: Man, I say I say this humbly, yeah. but like this team, man, we're special. So like we know at any time, like we're down 17. Unless it's down 17 with three minutes to go, something like that. That's right. when you're probably not smiling. But we, we, there's still a lot of game left. Yeah, there was still, like, late first half, I think. Yeah, yeah. man, we're, we're fine. Like, <laughs> you, you you obviously don't want to get in that hole. But with our, the way we can stack together some stops on the defense end mm-hmm. and the way we can score the ball, it's kind of hard to really be worried. And plus, yeah. we got to – this might be a new team, but we're we're older and we're experienced. So, like individually, mm-hmm. this uh, each player on this team has either been to the tournament, won a championship, or just been in college basketball. So, like this team is, it's 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 pretty experienced. So, man, everybody knows not to get rattled, and that's up to coaching, like leaders like me, Jose Placer, Soto Miguel. We can't get rattled because they're kind of looking up to, looking at us like, man, how are these people gonna act? So. Yeah, just leading by example, man. Like if if we're not we're not getting rattled, we're not um, wide eyed and not blinking. Man, it's no, it's it's all right, man. It's plenty of game left. (laughs) You guys are incredible,
1: and uh, one of the young kids, Jaden Reed, uh, your point guard, who made a huge shot in the big win over Memphis. um, You've kind of taken him under under your wing, right? Uh,
3: Tell me a little about your relationship with him. Yeah, Jaden Reed, man. So like he's when when I first met him, I'm like, but I guess this is what. I never really met anybody from New York for real, and they're, just, they're different. Like it's a it's a different type of mentality, different type of mojo, or confidence about themselves. Yeah, yeah. So at first it comes off as cocky. I don't think I'm betting everybody, but like I see, I see, I saw right through that when I first met him. I was like, man, let's turn this into something good because confidence is good. But like, but sometimes he can get kind of uh, out of hand. Like he can get kind of overboard with the confidence. But it's a, it's a good problem to have for the, especially right. for a freshman. And I knew we was gonna have a good season, so I'm like, man, we're gonna need that confidence. Like, it was, what, what game was that? It was a big shot. It was, I mean, might have been Charlotte game. Might have been mm-hmm. Charlotte. He had a big shot late, big three. Like, yes, Charlotte? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, it was, I think it was a Charlotte game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and he, and he's celebrating it, but like, he's like, he's not shocked. He's like, man, I do this, and the dude has not scored the whole game. That's his <laughs> first, first first bucket of the game. I'm like, but that's okay. the confidence. That's the confidence that man people from New York have. And like i just continue him and keep your head up man like because usually early in the season man he he like he would have took the shot but he wouldn't have been as confident'm i like man the way you're the way the fresh like freshman years are man you're gonna have some games where you might not score the whole game but you're in a game in the last five six minutes of the game for a reason that means we have a lot of trust in you and you you you, so you should be confident at all times never hang your head over a couple turnovers early in the game like yeah, you gonna turn right. over the first Media first two media's of the game that should not affect the rest of your game. Like there's no way there's too much game left, and you play too many minutes for the, to let it affect you. So just making sure just keeping his mental right. The basketball part he, he's taking care of that. Like he he is, his talent is off the roof, but just making sure just the maturity part of the um, of the game is where I'm like most active with him because he he has he's gotten way better, but he still got some room to grow.
1: A young player. Chris Youngblood uh, joining us here from USF basketball. They'll play FAU on Sunday at noon. ESPN, uh, they're ranked 24th. Obviously, Final Four team. They're coming in here. Um, you guys are 11 and 1. You have the inside track at winning this league. A regular season win in this league, I, I would have to believe, would secure you an at large bid uh, for the NCAA tournament. Um, and obviously, I'm, that's your goal. And you believe you guys can make that. So, talk a little bit about this game against FAU, how big it is just in terms of the league
3: and and how confident you are in the matchup. What do you know about them? Uh, this – I mean, it, like, it's kind of – I want to make this game bigger than what it is because at the end of the day, it's still a, a regular smart. season win. Yep. But it's just keep it real, it's an in-state. It's an in-state game. So you always want to be – like, the one I go like, you always want to be one of the best teams in the state. So – like you, you, kind of take that personal, but nah it's at the end. Of it, it's still a, a regular season, um, regular season game, and then it's, it's like one of the games you can send a statement because FAU is one of the best, one of the better teams that we're respecting in this league. So you always want to um, send a statement with that. And then what was what was the other question? What you what, do you, what
1: about the matchup itself? What do you, what
3: do you see oh, from yeah. their team? You've, oh yeah, you've Tal- them. Yeah, ta- yeah, talented team. They got some um, some some talented guards, and we got some talented guards too. So it's gonna be a, a good matchup there. Fast-paced, man, experienced team, like like mm-hmm. like you mentioned, final four last year. So it's gonna be it's gonna be one competitive matchup. Now you went to the tournament last year with Kennesaw, right? Correct. Yeah. So you've been to the big dance. Yeah. So what
1: are you telling the the little pups here you're with about? Hey, man, the food's good. Man. Accommodations are nice. It's a, I've covered a lot of them, and mm-hmm. I, there's a special uh kind of body chills that you you get when you walk into an arena for an ncaa tournament it just it just is it's a buzz uh what have you told the the young
3: guys about the possibility of making the dance yeah i it's like the more i preach to them man, is the small things to get there like people yeah. think oh man you just want to get there and win but like the small things like you, you you know you don't want to get you don't want to look too far ahead you got to like to get there you got to Take it game by game, practice by practice. And next thing you know, you whatever you are in the conference, win the regular season, win the championship, and like it just flies by. Yeah. But if you take if you take it game by game, that's how it always ends up happening. That's how it happened last year. And next thing you know, man, you getting police escorts to the arena <laughs> for March Madness, and then yeah. and you was like, man, this what just happened? I just started conference in January, and next thing you know, you getting police escorts to the arena. So man, like I just say, man, it's like it's it's experience like no other, man. You got fans from all over the country coming to support you. Like they they might come in, like just unbiased, just looking to watch some good basketball. They might come in as a so and so fan. They you still know by the second half they're South Florida fans. Yeah. So like, that's, that's usually how it works. So I just man continue to share the experience with them, man, and then making sure they're, they're just they just stay focused throughout the season because winning, like. It's, it can get to your head. All these pats on the back. Congratulations, man. Mm-hmm. So you kind of lose the edge. But I just keep on letting them know, man, we still got a long ways to go. Like, we like we had a great season so far. Yeah. But our end goal is not to be first place on February, whatever it is right now. 16th. So February 16th. <laughs> that's, 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 that's not the end I'm glad goal. you don't even know. That's not that's the, the goal. I don't know. Like, I, I, <laughs> that's good. That's not, that's not the end goal. The end goal right. is to win this Conference Championship. So yeah. until we do that. And you could be, you could be, you can be pleased, but you can't be really satisfied. All right, so um, I know a little bit about
1: Kennesaw State. Um, have a good friend, longtime friend, Hunter McKay, who I'm mm. sure you you remember Hunter from yeah. up there, uh, Rich's son. By the way, he told me when you guys were coming here, he said, "Wait till you see Chris Youngblood play, and <laughs> wait till you get a, a you get a taste of Coach Amir. They're both awesome. They're going to do amazing things at USF." And I was like, "All right, I'll start that in the memory bank." <laughs> he was spot on. He was spot on, and I asked you about your coach earlier. I think we went off on a tangent. So, give me a little bit more on Coach Amir um,
3: and what he has taught you, man. Coach Amir, like outside of basketball, he's taught you. He's taught me just how to go about life, like because one thing I learned about basketball, man, like it, it's a direct correlation to how you live your life, whether it's on the court, off the court, or in, in school. So, like, he's just taught me just, just kept on – I had good habits coming to college, but he just excelled him times 10 mm-hmm. and just taught me the ins and outs of how to live right and how to go about certain things and how to lead. And that's one of the – probably the most important things. Like, I've he doesn't even know, but I take – like, I take mental notes from him for the past three or four years of, like, how to like – I've, I've used his coaching tactics on how to lead, and he doesn't even realize it yet. So – He's very That's sarcastic. So cool. That's one thing I remember. He's very sarcastic. <laughs> he's very sarcastic. And then I, 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 I guess recently I became sarcastic. That's what everybody else says. But, man, he's just just, just watching him coach and just teach uh, for the past four years, man, it's it's helped me lead a team even behind closed doors because I'm not the type of person to just be screaming and yelling all the time. But right. so if, if it gets to the point, I will do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, Cody, yeah, Coach mayor he he's taught me, and then the, the relationships—he's very intentional about his relationships, and I think that's how he's gotten his team to play so hard for him. Because yeah. it's kind of hard for a first-year head coach, man. It's kind of hard to earn that uh, that person's trust, and just want they want to play hard for him from somebody that they just met. So yeah, I, to, yeah. I thought that's just a testament how how good of a leader he is to get a, a brand new group of guys to play. Their heart out for them, like that's 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 different. You don't get that everywhere.
1: No, it has certainly been a difference maker here. You don't often see teams come together like this. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and this is kind of the last question because I've heard you say this a bunch of times, and I, I I I try to practice this in parenting and other intent other other things. When people say intentional relationships, I'm guessing that means you you go out of your way to say. Hey, Jaden, we're going to lunch today. Or, hey, we're hanging out this weekend. Or, hey, all the guys, we're getting together this weekend. It's not just waiting for practice, not just waiting for the lunchroom. You make going out of your way to make intentionally, right, mm-hmm. to
3: create these relationships. That's what we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like I ain't going to lie when, when we first got here during the summer, like, I didn't like it. But, Coach, uh, he made everybody, like, like, it was, like, for, like, two weeks straight. He assigned, like – Lunch dates, like, I didn't want, I didn't want to lunch dates, but he assigned like two people. I um, mean, y'all have to go go out to lunch this week, and he'll give us a list of questions. Man, it'll be like siblings, your name, of your your mom and dad. How about that? Where you're from? And I'm like, coach, you really don't have to do that. Like, I got it taken care of. Like you, but I'm like, hey, you got it. You the coach, but so he did that, and then ever since then, man, like it wouldn't even be like. Going out to eat, it would just be an everybody. We just come over to um, my spot, man. It'd be a couple players. We'll play two K Madden. We just, just just do some small stuff. Just being yeah, around each other yeah. versus just being locked up in your room all day. Cause it's easy to do that. When you after a long yep. day, man, you just wanna just go to sleep and just chill out. Right. But being around your brothers, man, just building a relationship day by day, man. Whether it's thirty or forty five minutes, like just something. Something like you see outside of the facilities because you we ain't here so much, man, you need to take your mind off basketball. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, Chris, listen, man, it's been so fun talking
1: to you and getting to know you. Um, you are obviously a great leader on this this basketball team, um, and I can see why uh, it has been such a success. It doesn't happen by accident. It takes great leadership on the floor and, and from the coaching staff, and clearly this team has that. Um, so many of us will be there on Sunday for the first time in a long time because of mm-hmm. you – and because of the coach and this team. And it's great to have basketball back in Tampa Bay, especially college basketball. I love it. Yes, and uh, I cannot wait to be in that atmosphere on Sunday. So thank you and and your teammates, and we look forward to it. Win or lose on Sunday, you've brought in the passion back, and I know there's a lot more in it. So thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate it, Chris. Appreciate you all having me. All right. Chris Youngblood, right there, USF basketball. If you don't have a ticket, sorry for you, sold out. But I'm sure you can get them on the secondary market. How about that? We're scalping Bulls basketball tickets now. How about that? That's pretty cool,
2: JP. You know what? I was thinking the the entire time that y'all were having that conversation, and I, you know, I I didn't I didn't jump in because I I knew you had a lot to talk to. And I was I, waiting I just, for you too, but that's okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I just and you know, I don't know that much about his game or the program, um, admittedly. So, but what I heard was a kid. Who sounds like a future head coach when his playing know, right? days are done. Right. That's all I could hear, man, was, was God, this kid's gonna be a great coach someday if that's what he chooses to do when he's done playing.
1: Yeah, that's Just, a great thought. I, you know, he's he's mature beyond his years. He is mature beyond his years. He is not, he is Chris is not the typical, if I can say this, um, young person sure. that I, I encounter these days. He no. seems very focused, very mature. Um, very, um, like an old soul. Yeah. You see, that's what, that's what came to my mind. Is like, he's, he seems like an old soul and hit and the imprint. I, you know, I hope coach Amir was watching this interview because he, I bet he got a little teared up, you know, to, oh, to, sure. to make an imprint on a young man's life. I mean, this is why these guys coach, I mean, they make a little bit of money these days. So that's good too, but, but you got to love is, to do it to be good at you go, it. Oh, you got, yeah. 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 Exactly. To put your heart and soul and passion into it. And he's, he's a hell of a coach. Uh, he, he, and he knew you, it's funny, you know, in, covering covered sports for so long, you see these, you know, these things pop up from time to time, right? These, you know, these programs just pop and come out of nowhere, you know, years and years of mediocrity and, yeah. you know, all of a sudden they pop. And you're like, what? what, what's going on there? And it's, it's always the same thing, Tim. It's always the same thing. Somebody special is in charge. Mm -hmm. Somebody new has brought a new culture and a new energy. And that person is special and they're just different. I've never heard coaches talk about intentional relationships, right? You ever heard of a coach saying you guys are going out on a date. I want you two to get together here. Here's a list of questions (laughs) to ask siblings. Never heard of that. That's crazy. Never heard of that. And 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 I, I mentioned Hunter McKay, who's Rich McKay's son. Hunter is um, the, the PR uh, basketball PR guy at Kennesaw State, and I saw him at the, the Rondé Barber Hall of Fame, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna love Coach Amir. You know, Chris is unbelievable." I started away, you know. You mm-hmm. you, you hear that because people develop relationships, and you're like, "Okay, you know that uh, maybe that's true. We'll see." Boy, he nailed it. He yeah. nailed it. And and I haven't met Amir yet. I have not done. Uh, that's on me. I look forward to it. But I've heard a lot about him. I've talked to a lot of people about him. And he's special. He's special. He's yeah. a difference maker.
2: And um, he was an assistant at AM for oh, three he? or four years. I want to say, yeah, around like 13 or 14 through 17 mm-hmm. or 18 or something like that. So um, yeah, no, he I got to see, and I never met him or anything, but I got to see him at work a little bit, you know, at Reed Arena, and and when mm-hmm. I was covering games down there. But super, I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing. He's moving yep. up in the coaching ranks. He comes from a a high quality basketball family. You know, his brother Sharif yep. played in the NBA for got what thirteen or fourteen years. He's now the. Yep the president of the G league, the NBA G league now. And, and mm-hmm. so it's a high IQ basketball family and man to learn from those guys for him to be your coach. You know, yeah. Chris Youngblood's certainly taking advantage of all of that. And he's just yeah. turning into a little mini Amir Abdur Rahim, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's
1: great. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and when you have an extension of the coach on the court and he just happens to be uber talented as well. Well, that's a recipe for success as well. So, yeah. This is fun to watch, and it's it's going to be a great scene. I mean, there's you know there's few things I get excited about. You know, in my grizzled old veteran sportscaster age, a few things I get excited about, and you're going to to witness live, and this is going to be one of them. Because college basketball is something to me that is just you know it brings an energy. Um, You know, the students, a small arena like that that's packed. It's going to be so freaking loud it's going to be so freaking loud, you know, the college atmosphere with the bands, you know, I went to an NBA game the other night at the magic. Um, and it's, you know, it's just different. It's just different. Yeah. The NBA, they and the magic do a great job by the way, They really, really do a great job entertaining, but it's not a collegiate atmosphere, which right. I prefer. Um, and it just, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I, I mean, I, I, for those of you who don't know, I worked on the FSU radio network for many years with Gene Deckerhoff when we first got into the ACC so I traveled around Tobacco Road with the team, and um, that was a special, special opportunity to see college basketball at an era which I would, you know, contend was the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. the early '90s um, when you know North Carolina had uh, Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter. Um, uh, oh, who's the other guard that they had that played in the NBA? They had four, three or four guys, Eric Montrose, yeah. who played in the NBA, and these guys played together for three, four years. Tim Duncan, Randolph Childress at Wake Forest, um, you know, so many good players. Gugliotta was at NC State at the time. FSU Tom had Guglietta. Charlie Ward. Yeah, yeah Tom Goo, remember him? Yeah, uh, Tom Guglietta, Um, You know, FSU had Charlie Ward, uh, Bob Sura, Doug Edwards, Sam Cassell, all first yeah. round picks. I mean, we're talking about this was an elite time in every arena. You Duke was pretty into, good back
2: then too. <laughs> What's that? Duke was pretty good back then yeah, too. Yeah, Duke was all right.
1: Duke <laughs> was all right. Uh, who who did they have? of that Oh, that was the um, that was the Bobby Hurley team. The Bobby Grant Hurley, Hill, Christian Leitner, yeah, yeah, Grant yep. Hill, yeah, Grant Hill. That, that team. So yeah, every I mean, uh, this is my job. You know, I was in North Carolina uh, when I was uh, when I first came into the ACC, and then when I was uh, I went to North Carolina to work two years in Greensboro. So I basically covered the ACC and all those places oh, wow. for about six years. Um, and it was, what a joy, man. What a joy. You're going into the Dean Dome. You're going into Cameron Indoor. You know, NC State's place was amazing. Wake yep. Forest, you know, with Timmy Duncan, that yep. place. You know, Dave Odom was the coach at the time. God, where else did we go? Uh, Georgia Tech was, mm-hmm. you know, they had Travis Best. They were, I mean, it, it was every night it was top 25, you know, versus top 25, top 10 versus top 10. And the places where the arenas were just packed,
2: and the energy was insane. So, how big is uh, that? Is is Yingling Arena? Is that a, a big ten thousand? Like oh, 9, is it? Yeah, nine,
1: probably ninety five hundred. They'll squeeze in ten five.
2: It's gonna be bananas.
1: Is that it's a new? Is that a new
2: building or is that the old Sun Dome? It's the old Sun Dome. Okay, just re- they just renamed it. Okay.
1: They redid the whole thing. I mean, it's like totally redone. Wow, and uh, did a really really nice job. Very intimate. You know atmosphere for a game like this, I mean, it is going to be bonkers. I mean, bonkers.
2: So, um, and it's going to be nationally televised, right? I mean, it's yeah, going to be ESPN, ESPN. on the mothership.
1: Yeah. Mothership will have it. And, uh, you know, this will be, as Chris mentioned, it's for state bragging rights. And, you know, you start looking at it. If, if USF wins this, uh, they've already beaten Florida state, obviously. So you're like, who's the best team in the state of Florida? I mean, UM's is playing well, but UCF, you know, in the big 12, they've struggled a little bit there. So, You know, basketball's getting better, but I would say if they win this game, USF, why not us? Best team in the state of Florida, moving and hopefully getting to the tournament. They win this game, I think they have, what, a a game and a half lead right now in the league. So they win this game, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to not win the regular Mm -hmm. season championship. And a regular season championship, despite, I mean, you probably got to win two in the the tournament, Mm -hmm. and you'll get a good seeding, obviously. So maybe one game or two when you're in your tournament at least. Um, if you can get that, you're, you you got to be at that large pitch. Right. I don't know if you would have to win the conference uh, tournament to get in. So it's a huge game. It's a huge game for USF. And um, they haven't been to the tournament since 2012. Wow. Stan Heath took them there. Um, I think they'll want to play in-game. So fun stuff. Cannot wait for it. Awesome. All right. Well, we've gone uh, 57 minutes without giving you a commercial break, folks. So I uh, hope you and we want to thank our sponsors for that. The Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo will join us uh, in our second hour. Italiano Insurance, we love you folks. Uh, 813-877-7799. Let them do your the shopping. You get the savings. The Golden Diamond Source, if you uh, screwed up your Valentine, don't worry. You can get over there right now. They have a great selection, great after sale going on. Uh, plenty of inventory and, of course, the best staff. That's the Golden Diamond Source. Our real estate group, the Geddes Gordon Group and American Mortgage Services. My man Clayton, big USF fan, uh, runs uh, AMS over there. We'll be at the USF game. So, Scall Scotty Fitz to get your mortgage. Scott at AMSTampa.com and Synovus Bank. John Acosta and the great folks at Synovus. Thanks all of our sponsors for this great first hour. Uh, back in three. Stay with us. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-Jeeves. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 8889 Jeeves. That's 8889 J E E V E S. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again, once again. Italiano Insurance, stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money, and that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note. For you, by the way, with hurricane season up, 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get. less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Start the new year with a new diamond from the gold and diamond source. It's still engagement season. Where better to get that special ring than the gold and diamond source? Of course, I just got mine there. I'm engaged. You should do the same thing. Let's go. Golden Diamond Source has the largest selection of engagement rings in the country. A literal jewelry superstore with 30 times the inventory of any normal jeweler. And if you have a loved one or a special person in your life who has a birthday this month, maybe you have an anniversary coming up, you can get 15 percent off the January birthstone, which is garnet. As in garnet and gold for all your Seminoles. Celebrate that mythical national championship. And it's the Golden Diamond Source's 40th anniversary for the past 40 years. They have taken pride in offering only natural diamonds formed over billions of years from the earth's incredible forces and gold prices are at an all-time high now's your chance to turn your jewelry box into a cash machine it's the perfect time to trade in your broken or unworn pieces for something new and stunning it's the golden diamond source 3800 omerton road always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Let's go. Right
0: now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports.
1: All right, welcome back uh, to the J.P. Peterson Show brought to you by the great folks at Italiano Insurance. Get that insurance checkup right now. Let them save you thousands of dollars. 813-877-7799. This is where you go for Italiano Insurance. Great customer service.
2: I thought I was yeah. going to have to bring us back there for a second.
1: <laughs> no. no.
2: <laughs> Just take care of a little business
1: here. There you no. go. My interior decorator is working on a new uh, couch for the uh, for the man cave here, the man oh, nice. studio. Nice. So yeah, right now we have kind of a black fabric thing. So she's like, I, I got this um, this leather, this brown leather like love seat. Uh, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Let's let's go do that. So that's what that's what's going on in the break. Nice. Nothing nefarious. Um, I cannot get over that interview with Chris Youngblood.
2: Very impressive young man. I'm, I'm
1: telling Isn't you. Isn't he? Wasn't he, though? That's really cool. We're going we're gonna to clip that out and put it up on social media. Thanks to uh, all the folks at uh, USF for getting that done um, so quickly. Really appreciate them uh, yep. doing that. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's jump into a couple other things. We, we mentioned the raise thing uh, earlier. Uh, just a few notes on that, that they have now um, uh, delayed the vote that was supposed to be in April and pushed it back to May. And as Brian Ald has said many times that you know, delay, we cannot delay, that will fundamentally alter the deal. Um, but it's, it's the raise, I guess, um, that are delaying the financial documents. You know, this is <laughs> so very Congress of them, right? This is how the US Congress works. Like right? we, we give you a 1800 page bill and say we got to vote on it tomorrow, read it tonight. You know, um, or just vote on it like you're going to do anyway. Because let yep. me tell you what to vote for, right? So, it's to, it's not the way business should be done, especially when it's the biggest expenditure of public money in the history of Pinellas County and St. Petersburg. Yep. This is something that should be widely debated for long periods of time, so that the constituents can digest what's really going on here, and and give them proper feedback to their council members. Uh, and be able to make an informed vote on this. You know and so now as it is what they're going do um, they're going finally present the full numbers to the council uh, in, in sometime in April and then do a May vote. Mm-hmm. And that, from what the, the Times reported, just a couple three weeks is going to be all the uh, the public debate that we're going to get out of this mm-hmm. which seems you know again, well, there's, there's no need for that. <laughs> We've taken 15 years to get to this point. So we need to shove this down the throats of the County Commission and the city council in three weeks. Uh, there might, you know, they, again, you have to ask, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are the rays doing this? Uh, it just, it seems if I'm a public official, these are huge red flags that you have to uh, you have to be aware of. Right. And here's another thing where have they done any, uh, if I'm, you know, uh, the County Commission or the city commission, I want to get some feedback in terms of polling numbers, like where are this, where are the residents of, of Pinellas County and the city of St. Pete on this project? I mean, they have you know out. They've had numbers now that we we framed them out. Right, one point two billion dollars in public money for the entire project, um, and mostly most of that developed are going to the stadium. Uh, the Rays are going to put in approximately four hundred fifty million dollars, and they're supposed to cover overages and what have you. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering like where, where exactly are the constituents on this? Cause, uh, you know, we, we go to our comment section, um, have my, uh, where are my glasses? I can Uh-oh. actually, read it. we'll, we'll give it a shot anyway. Uh-oh. Um, James says, St. Pete residents, I don't believe, uh, buy into the notion that the Rays need to change their name. There was never a feud even when the Rays stadium was built. It's just a handful of crazy politicians. Yeah, this goes to, you know, there there are a couple of uh, politicians that are like, okay, if we're spending this money, then it has to be the St. Pete Rays. You know, like it became the Florida Marlins, became the Miami Marlins because they moved it to a crappy location and spent two $2 billion on a stadium that nobody goes to. So now we want our... <laughs>
2: We put Let's attach our name
1: should, to that. Yeah. Attach your name to that disaster that you did. <laughs> of all the politicians that voted for that, who were ousted from office, yeah. by the way. Uh, and, and, uh, careers over, political careers over for voting for that ridiculous financing package. Keep that in mind, you council members and mayor. Um, James says, if anything, most St. Pete residents don't even want the stadium there. Remember when Stu floated the idea of Al Lang? All I saw were signs in the yard saying no. Yeah. Remember when his first, his first, Stadium overture was to build it down on the water in downtown St. Pete, uh where Al Lang Stadium is, which would have been a beautiful spot. I I remember I've told this story before, so forgive me if you've heard it. So this is when I was at Channel 8, you know, the big press conference. You know, one of the many press conferences I've attended in the last 15 years. So they bring Carlos Peña out to Al Lang Field, and he's out in the outfield there, and they're like, Hey, we're here, Carlos. We want you to hit balls into the water, like, you know, McCubby code. So we're going to throw you a few, you know, soft toss pitches, just whack them into the water. (laughs) You know, seems like a good idea, except the fact that, you know, you know, it's, it's not, you know, a real, he's in the outfield. It's not from a pitcher's mound. Some guys like soft tossing the ball to him and he's popping it up, fouling it back. He can't,
2: (laughs) he can't hit one into the water. It's a backfire right there. (laughs) And
1: I'm like, you know, this is kind of like uh, this is what this idea is all about right here. This is, it's a wow. foul ball. It's a foul ball. I I gotta get Carlos Pena on the show one time and see if he remembers that. He he he'll, he'll probably laugh so hard. Yeah, and it was and it was yeah, it was very uh, apropos. It was a complete disaster. So all the St. Pete residents put up shine, like not not on my lawn. No stadium. No stadium downtown. No one on the waterfront, and, and that's. You know, honestly, that's kind of been the way St. Pete has treated the Rays. It's always been, it, at least to me, um, you know, a, a stadium in the middle of a place that nobody really gives a rip. You know, it's, yeah. you know, the downtown St. Pete is, is about eclectic uh, music places and great restaurants and, you know, small dive bars and, and you know, Janice Landing, little cool little concert spots. It, it's just, it's just a different vibe. And Major League Baseball is not fit there. Right. And, in, in like, it just doesn't fit the vibe. If, if you agree, disagree, let me know. Um, I mean, it's one of the many reasons I don't think they should have it there, but whatever. Um, one of several. Yeah I, mean, yeah. I mean, if the people around it don't go, that should give you, like, you know, some thought. Uh, Kevin Reeves says uh, Tampa has 25-plus years to come up with acceptable stadium plan. Couldn't pull it off. After Ray J, no public money for a new stadium of any kind will get public approval. By the way, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Um, I'll say this. um, It hasn't been 25 years for Tampa to to get it together. They had a small window um, when they said we're going to allow Hillsborough County to look at it. Now, it was a couple years. That is true. But the Rays did not engage for a long, long time in that process. And once they did engage, they came up with a great plan in 2018. Um, raise 100, the whole nine yard, plenty of corporate support. They came up with a great plan. Now, I will say, I will admit that their financial plan was not the most polished in the world. Ken Hagan will admit that as well. But rarely, is this financial plan polished that they came up with in St. Pete? No, it's not. It's not even close to polished, and it's way overpriced, by the way. Polished turd. Of, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff that has that come from false narratives that the Times have printed over the last five or six years, um, and, it, and a lot of it's just untrue. Like, they constantly say there was no corporate support, completely untrue, completely 100% untrue. Uh, I, I have documents that will show you there was $115 million in pledged support, and that was just the beginning of uh, a support. That was with no stadium plan, okay? So, and there was, you know, they did the press conference. Stu did it. Ybor City. There's a beautiful plan. We'd no place we'd rather be. The Rays will be here for generations to come. Oh, you want me to pay half? Forget it. Bad idea. You know what I mean? That's that's the way it went down. That's not Tampa's fault. And and the other part of this is, it's, it, in the last two years, that's they've been talking to Tampa, the Rays have not engaged in a in a in a fair way. And I know this for a fact. I know people have been part of this negotiations that they have not they have not bargained in good faith at all. And that is in Tampa and what Stu wanted from Tampa was a blank check. And they said, no, we're not doing that. You want to partner with us? We'll partner with you, but we're not, we're not just going to write you a blank check for $400 million to do whatever you want to do. We're not doing that. You want to partner with us and do a development in downtown Tampa, like every, like the Braves did, you know, like these other stadiums that have been done partner with the community A win-win for everybody? Yes, we're all in on that. And we'll give you more than St. Pete is offering you, but over a longer period of time as a partner. But Stu doesn't want that because he wants the money up front and he can get it from St. Petersburg and, you know, rob them blind and then sell the team and get the hell out. Tampa wasn't going to do that. So if you want to rip on uh, Tampa, Ken Hagan and the commissioners for not having a plan, oh, they have a plan. It's just not one that Stu wants because he can't, you know, just take the money and run. That's the fact that those are the facts. So I, I would say once again, those who oh, who were saying, you know Tampa's never had a plan, no, they've had a plan. It's a responsible one, responsible to their constituents and they're not and they're not going to budge from that. They're not going to just roll over and and bend over for stew like St. Petersburg's doing. yeah, not going to happen. And, every, and in this situation in this scenario, everybody loses. If they build that thing in St. Pete, everybody loses. The fan base, 75% of the fan base, doesn't want it in St. Pete. You would think they would listen to the fan base, right? Be, be smart, like the Braves did. Move to where your fans are, right? Might, might, not be a, might not be a bad idea. So they're not listening to the fans. All it is is a money grab, folks. The Rays never wanted to be in St. Pete. How many times has that come out of Stu's mouth? St. Pete is not a major league city. We need to go to Montreal, St. Pete is not a major league city. We need to go to Tampa. St. Pete is not a major league. How many times have they said it? Now suddenly it is? Why is that? Maybe $1.2 billion in
2: public money to stuff into his pockets? That'll change your mind. Yeah. Ooh. St. And St. you know, Pete all, looks of you, good. all of St. you. St. Pete looks really good now. All of you <laughs> Tampa residents, you should be happy that your city, that your politicians, that your local yes. politicians are are smart enough to see a bad stadium deal because bad stadium deals can kill cities' economies yes. really, really quick. And you don't yep. want that to happen in your city if you're a Tampa resident. I don't care if you're a Rays fan and you'll do anything to have a stadium right down the street from you because you want to go to every game. That's great. But if it kills your city, your team's not going to be there that long anyway. Right. So exactly. just be happy that they have the fore, forethought and the, to, to, to be this way, to be diligent about it.
1: Do you think the residents of Miami would do it differently? 100%.
2: Yes, they would. Of course they would.
1: Uh, Thomas Casper says, St. Pete can't approve anything without an indemnification of Stu's lawsuit, and the site is still toxic. True. Both of those things are true, and those are serious, serious issues. Uh, The last Stu Stadium in Al-Lang was Knicks for global warming. That's right. Sea level is rising. Sea level is rising when the ice melts. You ever ever have a glass of water with with ice in it,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? And you don't drink it for a little while, and the ice melts?
2: It doesn't overflow your cup. It doesn't. doesn't, (laughs) It's a great analogy, man. That is great. Wait, wait, wait. I thought thought the ice cap was going to melt and then all the sea level was going to. It's not how water works, folks.
0: Oh,
2: oh. (laughs) That's a great analogy. I love that. Al Gore. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I invented the internet.
1: But 2010, Florida will be underwater. That was a kind of, that was more Clinton than Gore. Yeah. Remember I yeah. love watching those clips of him. By twenty sixteen, all of the state of Florida will be underwater, he says in nineteen yeah, ninety-five, yeah, two thousand one.
2: Right. Right. How's that working out for you? I think we're good. Go call Monica. Oh, it's Al Gore, not Clinton.
1: I'm mixing it up, I'm mixing up my accents. I'm terrible. Florida's not an MLB state, says Nathan Elliott. Be real with the situation because players only popular during spring trading when the snowbirds are here. I love you Nathan, but that is the worst take ever. It is the worst take ever. And it's based I understand this is you know this is the whole cause and effect and uh, argument. It's like you see this, you know, Miami do, Miami doesn't draw well and St. Pete and Tampa Bay doesn't draw well. It's not because there's not a fan base here. It's because both teams and franchises have done this so poorly. Like so ass backwards. Oh, we're the Marlins. We're going to play in a football stadium for most of our first 20 years. Fifty bad uh, football stadium, too. Oh, so bad. That configuration was like somebody came in and went, "Uh, okay, let's move this here. And I'm like, okay. And it's like dumbest thing ever. Like, walk. I remember going to a baseball game. there going, what the F is this? This is not. <laughs> I mean, go to Fenway Park. Go to Wrigley Field. And then go to what the Marlins did. And then... They build a, build a stadium, beautiful stadium, by the way. I think there's the actual stadium is beautiful. Yeah. In in down where the Orange Bowl was, surrounded by small neighborhoods, no no egress, no no way to get in and out of no terrible location. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to go down to that area. Nothing around it that draws fans. No no battery, not you know, not in the middle of the market, Fort Lauderdale, but down in the south part of the market in Miami, in, a, in a, an impoverished area of Little Havana. Horrible location. Same thing you're doing in St. Pete. And then you, you spend two billion dollars to do it. the reason nobody shows up, and not to mention the fact that, you know, they're met, they're, the manager of the Marlins says some you know pisses off every Cuban in Miami before the stadium even opens. Well <laughs>
2: well, well done, Ozzy. I mean, there's I mean, a reason there's a reason Miami moved out of the Orange Bowl in what was it, nineteen eighty-eight when yes. they built Joe Robbie Stadium, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and now somehow the the the, the, the uh Marlins yeah. think twenty years later, hey, this is a good place to play baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 so, what's our plan in St. Peter? What's our plan for the Rays? Oh, I got a good one. Here's one: let's build a stadium uh, before we even get a team. All right, we'll make it. We'll put catwalks all through it. Um,
2: we'll it'll be the worst design stadium in the history when of the world. When did they build Trop? That was like 1990, it right? Was
1: designed in night in the in the mid 80s.
2: God. It was designed in the mid 80s. And the Rays didn't get there till ninety-eight. Yeah. And it was to, open.
1: Before the Rays even moved in, they had to do a hundred million dollars of renovations just to get it right for major just for get it right for Major League Baseball or maybe not 150-60, something like that. Right, right. They had to just ret- like, okay. Now we gotta do this. And it's still a disaster. The complete it was obsolete the day it opened. Yeah. It literally was obsolete because Camden Park had already opened Camden yeah. Yards had already opened, I yeah. think, the same year. So the whole new the whole new you nostalgic ballpark, you know, thing started and we're we're
2: still back Yeah, because you had like in ninety opening a stadium. I think it was in ninety-four. You had the ballpark in Arlington down here open. Right. You had right. Candom Yards open, you had Jacobs yeah. Field open in, in Cleveland, all like within a yes. year or so of each other. This old and you 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 were getting away from the circular, you know, Bush Stadium and, and Three River Stadium. Counties, you, yeah, right. You're yeah. going to the old fashioned now. They're, yeah, they're really cool stadiums. And then the trop opened. Whatever it was called at the time. <laughs> sun another Sundome, right?
1: It was the uh the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Right. It was the Thunderdome and a Tropicana Field. Yeah, so it was already obsolete when it opened, right? And then so this is this is how we did it in, in, in Tampa Bay. And we put it on the edge of the market. The edge of the market, not even in the middle of the market, worst location you can have in the metro area, yeah. right? So we've done it all wrong. And then we, you know, then we get two owners, two A-hole owners. (laughs) The first owner pisses off every business in Tampa Bay, you know, like walks into their boardrooms and pounds his fists and demands these, that every corporation buy tickets embarrasses people at the, at the luncheon, you know, all over at the chamber of commerce luncheon and threatens everybody there to buy season tickets. Just a real warm and fuzzy Vince the yeah. moly so bad that they had to get him out. Cause he pissed off so many people. They bring in Stu Sternberg who, you know, got the team to win did a lot of good things brought in the new the new wall street way of running things but the problem with wall street is you're 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 treating your players like commodities and you're buying and selling them and, and but that's not how baseball works fans want to get attached to players they want to have favorite players you keep your players that's how baseball works but they didn't do it that way now they win games But there's no attachment to the team because the players come and go so quickly. And then the owner blames the fans for not being able to to spend money on payroll because they don't show up in your terribly located stadium or terribly located crappy stadium. Again, Nathan, it's not the fan bases. Both places have done this so wrong on every level. The way it should have been done is built a modern stadium in Tampa to open with okay that you can build build a Camden Yards down on the water imagine imagine if you will a Camden Yards type stadium downtown Tampa on the water right with a with a lovable
2: local owner with all the community support he can he can ask for yeah
1: jeffrey vinick a jeffrey vinick type person with owning the team, community-related, baseball, not hockey, something we all grew up playing, right? Jeffrey Vinnick did it with a game nobody in Tampa Bay grew up playing, and he, it sells out 400 games in a row. People love it, right? Baseball, on the water, great state. Do you think, Nathan, do you think things would have been different for the Rays? Yeah. yeah and here's the, here's the beautiful part about it. We still have a chance to do that. still have a chance to do that, but we have a greedy owner, that wants to suck every penny out of the sale of this team if he sells it or take this terrible stadium deal for the for the city and for the fan base so he can enrich himself even more. You know, you cannot yeah. make the case. You cannot make the case that building another stadium in a fa- same failed location is good for the fan base. And Rob Manfred freaking knows that. Shame on you, Rob Manfred, for coming on and saying, oh, well, this will change the dynamic. It's a money doing? grab and you know it. It's he knows better. He knows better. I think, you know, maybe he's just, t- you know, towing the company lines is like, all right, I'm trying to sell the team. They're going to, then these new owners are going to build in Tampa. Let's delay the vote and, you know, we'll get this done. I'm trying to, you know, hijack, sh- sh- suck every penny out of these people trying to buy. <laughs> but that's not good for baseball. Manfred Ron probably,
2: Peter. he probably knows he's not going to be in office by the time this thing gets done anyway. See, so he doesn't give a crap. He's already preparing to leave, he doesn't care
1: but he wants, he wants to finish expansion, but he can't finish expansion until these two stadium deals are done. And then,
2: you know, and the,
1: and the Vegas thing is, you know, the Vegas mayor is like, go back to Oakland. (laughs) We don't want you. (laughs) He said, literally said that, like, we're not, I know. We don't really want to build that here. Uh, So I know. And then Manfred's like, Oh, they'll, it'll be fine. They'll get it done. Really? Because I, when I was out in Vegas, I talked to people about it and they're like, yeah, we have no interest in baseball. You know, you're talking to the cab drivers the people that live there. Yeah. And I say, what do you, what's, what about this baseball thing? And they're like, eh, and we got the hockey team. That's really ours. We love it. The NFL team is just kind of a, you know, we love our NFL team, but it's kind of more other teams, fans right. that come here for the game. Like the hockey teams really ours. That's the one they yeah. really embrace. They have no interest in baseball, and they're like, what are we going to go – like, it's so hot out in the summer. I mean, just even getting to the games, <laughs> nobody wants so, to I mean, walk. So, a clearly, you got to block.
2: You got to build an indoor stadium in, in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, for sure, yeah. when the A's yeah. go. But the A's are drawing 4,000 people a game in Oakland. Surely you can get 5,000 people a game, right, in Vegas? I mean, they're 10 <laughs> –
1: yeah, I think they'll draw. They'll draw more, but will I they? Will. You know, again, it's eighty-one games. You know, in Vegas; these casinos can buy their luxury boxes for for hockey and uh, and football, and they can put all their clients up there. Yeah. You know, eighty-one games. I, I guess every casino will have a box, but you know, and I don't know. I don't, I just don't. I don't think it works like the other sports. That I think. Yeah.
2: Just because the the season's so long, yeah, it's just yeah, exactly,
1: and it's in the summer. Like people don't want to go outside in summer, even to go to you know, even to walk you know, walk from your car to the to the stadium. It's it's 125 degrees, dude. I was in Vegas.
2: I was in Vegas in 1991 for a trade show. You know, wearing a suit, right, doing an electronics trade show for the company I worked for. I can remember, and it was the first weekend the Mirage was open because we stayed there. The very first weekend, saw the volcano go off for the first time ever. Oh, nice. So I'm outside the convention center waiting for my cab to take me back to the Mirage. It's four o'clock in the afternoon, wearing a suit, nice leather shoes. Right, I can't stand in one spot with my shoes on because it's burning my feet. And I look down on and I got my suit coat on still because I got l- my lapel badge. I yeah. look down and the corners of the the plastic badge are curling up because of the heat coming up. It's like it's melting on my body, and I was Wait. like. I'm never coming back here again. I mean, I have I a lobby off, swing.
1: I got off the plane in, what was it, June? What was that last year? Whatever it was, in the summer. I got off the plane at 10 o'clock at night. I walked out to get into my Uber. It was 112 degrees Yeah. at 10 o'clock at night. Dude, that's Dallas,
2: though, in the summertime.
1: I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Like, you walk outside, and it's just like you're literally walking into an oven. First of all, you're going to, what's the cost in cooling a baseball stadium for uh, for 81 home games. Like, yeah. holy shiz. You know, and you're not, and you know, even if it's Vegas, I don't know if you're going to do a lot of concerts in the baseball stadium there and do extra baits because I got a sphere. I've got 1,700 other concert venues. I got T Mobile Arena. Yeah. I got the rate. I got Allegiant Stadium. I got, you know, so I just don't see room for baseball. I just don't. Now, an NBA team in T Mobile Arena, that makes sense. That makes sense, but a major league baseball team in Vegas—that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. But anyway, we got our own problems here, man. Right? Um, yeah. Nathan is clapping back at me. Let's see what he says here. Average <laughs> attendance for spring training in Bradenton is over 6,500 per game. Max seating is 10,000. Are you telling me that Bradenton is a better location for baseball than St. Pete? No, these are two different arguments, Nathan, to be quite honest. You know, we've, we filled the stadiums in, in spring training because the snowbirds come down here and that's fine. They come down here and they go to the games and some locals go to the games and that's fine. That doesn't preclude the 11th largest market in America, from supporting a baseball team. Uh it, it's look look they we do it for the lightning, we yeah. do it for hockey. If we averaged 19 20,000 in baseball, we'd be fantastic. That's all you need. That's a that's a great response. If you average that what we do for hockey. So it's not just it's that whole idea of oh, Florida just likes spring training. No. It's just that's not, it's not based in fact. It doesn't even make sense, hmm. you guys. I'm a baseball fan. I love baseball. And as soon as spring's over, I'm done going to baseball games. I don't want to go to a lo- see a local team. That makes no sense. It, the, what does make sense is you have a horrible location, a horrible owner, and you've had and a, and a horrible stadium. <laughs> but you expect people to come out all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do it right and see what happens. And the way they're going about it now, they're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, All right, let's get off that and go to – let's take a break. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I'm going to get to uh, a little bit of NFL stuff. I still have not talked about the Steve Wilkes firing at all, huh? No, we have not talked about that. So I want to get to that and a couple other uh, Bucks notes as well. So quick break. We're brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. If you screwed up Valentine's Day, you still have time to make it right, folks. Get on over there. Get your engagement ring. Three to five years, 0% financing. And, of course, the greatest staff in the world will help you out. It's the Gold and Diamond Source. Back in three. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-Jeeves. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888 jeeves That's 888-9-JEEVES. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. He also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10 footer to win the U S open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging, marketing, and preparing your home for sale advice on golf properties. Hey, you might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to GeddesGordon.KW.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S Gordon.KW.com or call 813-485-6808. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again, once again italiano insurance stepping up with the best customer service i was in a bind my old insurance company my auto insurance jacked up my rate so i called charity at italiano insurance and she stayed till 9:30 at night until she got my insurance done and guess what she searched all these companies for me i didn't do the work she did save me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane seizing up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means... If you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. It will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813 877 7799. Great folks in the community, been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813 877 7799.
0: Let's go right now. Back to the show on Fan's Dream Sports. Alright,
1: welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here coming to you live on 102.5 The Strike. So glad to have Dave Mishkin on. Of course, Mish and Greg Lanelli will follow this program on 102.5 with uh, Lightning Power Launch. Uh, they'll re- relive last night's Lovely win over the Colorado Avalanche, 6-3. to A couple of empty netter goals last night, but a great third period by the Lightning as they come back from down 3-2 to get a great goal from Stamkos on a super pass from Kucherov on a kind of mini breakaway. Looked like he was offsides, but he was not. And he scores with a great move on uh, Ananen, who was in goal last night for Colorado who played really, really well? But the Lightning were, were so good last night, and so that was a fantastic move. Great piece of skill by Stamkos, who normally like makes one deke and then shoots. This was a whoosh, 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 like a one, two, three, backhander into the net. Um, great move. And then Braden Point like is is in the slot. He gets the pass. I think it was Headman and Stammer did a great job of keeping it, keeping the play in the zone, and they get it down to point, And the defenseman comes to him, and Anand comes in to shut him down on the backhand, but instead of flipping it up into the goal or taking a shot, point with his back to Kucherov, the back is behind him, and he's going to the backhand, just flips a no-look backhand pass right to Kucherov, who's at the back door, and he just calmly just stops it with his skate, puts it on his blade, pops it in. It's just like –
2: Those guys are good, aren't they?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I said this on a post-game show last night. I said, people – like, do you know what you're watching here? Like, do you have any idea what you're watching here? This is like 1980s Oilers stuff. This is, you know, Islanders stuff. This is this is a dynasty. I know we've only won two, been to what f- four finals. Um, one, two, still got still in the window to win. But yeah. there there are four bona fide Hall of Famers on this team. I think there's locks. Hedman's a lock, Kucherov's a lock, Stamkos is a lock, and Vassie's a lock. Four guys. Like, you can name on one hand how many teams have had four guys, four Hall of Famers playing in their prime. How many? I mean, not many. And you know, Braden Point, 50-goal scorer last year, he might make it to the Hall as well. You never know. So it could be as many as five. But definitely, I think, a lock of four. And we're watching these guys play. I mean, this is freaking – this is – this is virtuoso Hall of Fame stuff, and in the third period, you know, against a great team like Colorado, as, as Michigan said, you shut them down offensively to no real serious chances. Um, in the fourth period, once you took the lead, mm-hmm. and third period when you took the lead, and and you and, and then those two goals—that's <laughs> that's not normal, folks. This is crazy good stuff, and that's why we people love the Lightning. Absolutely love. The lightning. All right, little NFL stuff for you. Um, I couldn't believe this, Timmy, when I saw it. When I came across the wire, like Steve Wilkes fired, I was like, wait, what? Did they get that wrong? Shouldn't they have fired the offensive coordinator? Or the head coach? Or the head coach, or both in one?
2: Well, Um, apparently what I'm seeing is that they've had a philosophical difference in their defensive philosophies since Wilkes took the job. I mean, it's – and apparently it's been bad. I don't know if you saw during the Super Bowl – what was it on a call a timeout they had to yeah yeah. shanahan called that timeout, you know and apparently went off on wilkes and that was the nail in the coffin right there yeah yeah and i get that but i I guess
1: you're like well why didn't you why didn't you know that before you hired him Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so that that's that's kind of weird but okay so the, the the relationship didn't go well um and, and, and things like, like this can never end well. It's, I want to say, well, why don't you, you know, I I, I don't know. Maybe I wanted a uh, a news conference where where Shanahan and all the times he did it, you know, he comes out and says, look, Steve Wilkes is a great defense coordinator. You know, he look at the numbers this year. He did a fantastic job. Um, you know, the playoffs, we didn't get it done. And a lot of that's my fault. A lot of that's my fault. I screwed these things up. I screwed up the clock. I screwed up. I should have used my timeouts at the end of the first. The three blunders of Shanahan. The three blunders of Shanahan. Coming to a record store near you. love it. Um,
2: you still have record stores?
1: They might. <laughs> they might. Um, I don't know if that, sh- that song will ever get produced, but I did write it. Um, so, I mean, he it come out on the news conference and, and, and maya culpa all the crap that you did. And then say... All right, we are parting ways with Steve Wilkes because we have a philosophical difference. We did not mesh well as uh, as coordinators this year, and it's not his fault. The Super Bowl is not his fault. I am not scapegoating him. I made way more mistakes than he did. We just, you know, we just have different philosophies. So we're gonna we're parting ways. You know, I didn't see that. Did we get that news conference? Did we have did that respectful way? Um, you, you know, because you could do this, Kyle. But you didn't do that, so I don't know. I guess I want things to be. I, it just seemed weird, did it not?
2: Very Disrespect. weird. Oh, and the timing
1: was weird. Yeah.
2: So yeah. Um, and you
1: know, all the all the you know, positions have been filled for the most part, so it's not like there's any DC openings.
2: Yeah. So I mean, again, so now you've handcuffed yourself because you made it to the Super Bowl, and now you fired your DC, and now you're, you know, your your selection's going to be. Few and far between to to find somebody to replace them. Are you're going to promote somebody from within. I mean, you almost have to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's easier to go out and find somebody than it is for Steve Wilkes to go find a job at yeah. this point. You know, and and I, I think he got a raw deal in uh, in Carolina. So yeah. you know, I look. I, I'm not one to play the race card on these things, um, you know, until there's actual evidence of that. But if I'm Steve Wilkes. <laughs>
2: It's hard not to. It's hard not to. You might go the route of I, Brian Flores, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I look at what the job he did in Carolina. was a hell of a lot better than the job Matt Rule did. Yeah. Like, not even close. Not even close. Yeah. And if you ask me to pick between Steve Wilkes and, and Dave Canales, the new Panthers coach, I'd take Steve Wilkes. Oh, right there with So, you. If, if I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm like, what the F? There were eight openings for head coaching jobs, which I didn't get a shot to get those. Now I'm sitting out here, you know. He'll be well compensated. I mean, he's not. You know, he ain't hurting for money. He's yeah. not like he's out on the street, <laughs> you know, with a, with a tin cup. You know, he'll be fine. But it's just it's a little disrespectful. I think um, I would have handled it a different way if I were Kyle Shanahan, especially given the mistakes that he made in that Super Bowl. It just I just didn't think it was it was handled very well.
2: Yeah, I mean Shanahan obviously made more and farther far agree, more egregious mistakes than Wilkes did hell and, yes, and shanahan knew what Wilkes you know game plan was going in you had to approve it you were in on the meetings I mean you're the head coach, so you knew what he was gonna do, but you're the one that screwed things up why't why aren't you at and I can't believe more people aren't talking about shanahan losing his job I don't know why that's not a thing i I agree with you
1: I mean because again these are not these are not like you know fifty fifty calls in my oh. opinion like the the overtime call and, and people who are I'm sorry, people who are trying to defend that. Oh no, the, the analytics say that is the, the that is to me the a a one perfect example of why analytics suck. You can do all you can run all the numbers you want to run, but situations matter, especially in football because it's an emotional game. It's a game of momentum, and none of that is taken into consideration when you do analytics. They're they're pur- purely numbers. You know, you can't. You know, how tired is your defense? How how long is the break between you know? The end of the game and and going on defense was significant. It wasn't like you were putting them right back out there. Both defenses were tired, by the way. Um, so, it, But the, the idea of knowing what your opponent did and you being able to utilize a fourth down, I mean, just by the numbers, it's a 25% better chance of getting a first down. Just in terms of pure strategy, though, it's so easy. It's so much easier when you know you have four downs as opposed to three downs. And it came into play. Yeah. It came into play on both sides of the ball. And I say this, and I don't think people understand this, Tim. The the Chiefs knew, already knew what they had to do on fourth down, on fourth and one. There was never a moment where they had to say, oh, should we go for it or not? (laughs) All your focus is directed on how to get the one yard. You know, everything. there's There's no other thought process going on on the sideline. Think about that. What a huge advantage. Even calling plays, you know, on a 3rd and 3, you got two downs to get it. Yep. And then think about it from from the 49ers' standpoint. They had a fourth down call. They decided to kick a field goal. Had they known, had there been no decision to make, number 1, you might have made it. You might have scored a touchdown because you're at the nine yard line. Yeah. You might get the first down. Plus, they had to they had to defend the touchdown and the first down line, which makes it more difficult. But the biggest thing is there was never there would never be a moment in the process where you should we go or not. You already knew. That's the advantage of, of having the ball second. It's a humongous yep. advantage. That's why nobody in college football ever takes the ball. Yeah. And I, I know it's different, but it's not different in the initial call. Not with strategy, it's not. Yes, and the whole idea with, with, when you go third, you have, you don't, you weren't getting the ball anyway, and you should have predicted that. You should know that you're, there's a chance that you're not going to get the ball the third time, even if your reasoning says, well, then it becomes a field goal game. You want it a third time. That is such that is a, such a reach compared to this strategic. Yeah, Shanahan completely screwed the pooch. And we're not even talking about his lack of timeout usage in the first half, which is, again, a no-brainer. That is creating a turnover for your team as a coach by getting an extra possession. You, yeah. And all you have to do is use the timeouts that you're given. Didn't do it. Nope. Coaching malfeasance. It's those, three, those are three blunders. You had to go for it on fourth down if you decided to take the ball. You shouldn't have taken the ball, and you should have used your timeouts. Those are not little things. Those are humongous things that in a three-point game cost you the Super Bowl. And and Kyle Shanahan is now – and look, you can look at him and say, okay, if we lose Shanahan, who are we going to get? If we fire him, who are we going to get? Are we going to get somebody better? Or is it better for us to just, like, say, Kyle, can you learn how to freaking win in these situations and do a better job? You could have promoted Steve Wilkes. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can't. Touche, my friend. (laughs) Touche. Imagine John Lynch knocking on, going to the press conference where Kyle Shanahan's like, and he's like, uh, well, Kyle, actually, uh, uh, Steve Wilkes is going to take your job (laughs) because you're a moron.
2: Because you're still a rookie head coach, apparently.
1: Wow. That would have been a little bit of. um, All right. Also, Caitlin Clark last night. Did you watch that? I didn't watch
2: it, but I saw the replays.
1: Are you kidding me? You break the record by literally shooting from the logo. Oh,
2: that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like. It's pretty freaking this, awesome. I'm like, if this goes in, if this goes in. And,
1: and I'm like, that's how you broke the record? Are you flipping kidding me? Because it was
2: all over social media after it happened, and I was like, well, no, there's no way. I mean, come on. And that thing was, and she shot that with such like, yeah, I'm making this. Yeah.
1: Literally all the confidence. From the logo.
3: God, she's I love, unbelievable. I love, and then her, she man. scores
1: 49, which is the school record. So she she eclipses the school record, 49 points. She's in reach now of uh, Pete Maravich's all time record as well. With what four games to go? God, I hope she gets um, it. too. And, and she had last night 40 point. So 40 points, 10 assists, right? Yeah. 40 point, 10 assists game. So she's done that four times now. 40 points, 10 assists. You know how many times it's been done in the last 25 years?
2: Other than her, zero, yeah. Other
1: than her, yeah. zero. Yeah. Think about all the great players in, co- in women's college basketball.
2: You know why you days. have this, though? You know why? What's, <laughs> wow. and this is why women's college basketball is so great. Because you don't have girls leaving early to go to the WNBA. They play Thank out you. there four years. <laughs> Thank you. And that's why they can get scoring they can make records. more
1: money in college now than they'll make in the NBA. And that's real. She'll
2: that's go great. to the WNBA, the number one overall pick, whoever that's going to be, and she will take a pay cut. Yeah, a humongous one. As a number one pick, yeah. in her league, yeah. her professional league, and she will take a pay cut.
1: Well, actually, her salary will be a pay cut, but she'll still have she'll still have endorsement money. I would think anybody who's anybody who's endorsing her now through NIL yeah. would be stupid not to continue that in her WNBA career, right? Yeah, but as, but as far as her company, salary is,
2: goes, her compensation from the yeah. league, yeah, it's,
1: yeah, I think they the rookies make like what sixty six thousand or seventy thousand. I was like thinking it was more the poverty line, I
2: think, right now with inflation. I thought it was more like 6600 <laughs> No, it's more.
1: <laughs> I think they should get paid the same as the NBA players. I think the NBA should yeah. take the money out of their coffers and pay the WNBA players commensurate to what they play the NBA players.
2: Or at least half, about, right? What do you think about that? <laughs> at least half.
1: NBA be like, oh.
2: God.
1: Yes. You What's you ma- it, what, women don't get equal pay. NBA. You what imagine? Are we doing here? Can you imagine? What
2: are we doing? Caitlin Clark coming out and her salary the WNBA is ten million dollars a year.
1: So what? LeBron's making. God, on know. a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. That's one game. <laughs> that's one game for LeBron.
2: It's insane. Come on,
1: NBA. Step up. Take some of that Chinese money and spread God. it around.
2: It's all over the You're place. You're so enlightened. You're so woke. Dennis Rodman will work that deal out for you. I wonder I wonder why the female cause you know
1: those soccer players are knocking on the door of the WNBA players go, We can you can you speak up and say you want the same as the and yeah. they're probably like, No, let's not we're we we it's we not like, rock this boat, at, yeah. We have a league, we're we're doing all right. Won't so rock the boat, you know. Yeah. We're
2: we're good. Talking expansion, so let's leave shut it up, alone. Megan God <laughs> just go go off into retirement. She just needs to shut up anyway.
1: Yeah, all right. Let's uh, bring in our good friend Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medicine. What's up, my friend? How are you, guys? How's it going this morning? Well, you sound good. You're not wow. congested anymore. I'm not congested anymore. Thank you. Did we finally all did we all beat the crud? Tim's not have. congested anymore. Yeah, I'm good. No, not really. Hey, tell me, tell me. This has been historic. I have never seen a more sickly population in my life for the past month and a half. Fair to say? Fair to say.
4: What the hell's going on? Enlighten uh, me. Lots of things going on. COVID's going around. Uh, flu's going on. Um, some no-name stuff's going on. So there's a lot of stuff.
1: What? Oh, wait, wait. What's no-name stuff? COVID was no-name before, well, I mean, before, before it got a name.
4: swabbing positive for RSV, aren't swabbing positive for flu, aren't swabbing positive for COVID. It's no-name stuff, I call it.
1: So it's just another virus that uh, we just don't have a name for yet. Well, nothing that's circulating right now. No. So and what do we and what do we do
4: for it? Uh, do what you should be doing: eating clean, stay on top of your supplements, um, so mitigating the 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 blow of it, like of yeah. or words. Washing your hands. Wash. That's a novel thing. Wash your <laughs> hands. Yeah. That's a novel. Wearing thing. a mask. Should yeah, I be wearing I a, mask? Wear a mask? Come on. <laughs> Stay away from people who are coughing in your face. Like yes, them. yes. Don't Just, cough in people's face, don't by the cough. way. People said, don't cough like this. Yeah. Come on. What, what, what's the best way
1: to cough? Uh, in your arm. In your sleeve. Turn right. Head. Yeah, yeah, away from people. How about walk, walk outside and cough go someplace outside outside outside, private away
4: from someone and
1: cough. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what bothers me the most is if you're in a public place, like somebody, I I understand you have to cough or you have to sneeze, but can you take five steps away, you know, and just do it on, in your own little area? Or I I love this. If you're in line with somebody like they don't want to get out of line and cough and sneeze. I'm like, dude, I'll hold your space. Yeah. Just just do it somewhere else. Go walk over there instead of me feeling the spray Please. on the back of my neck. Exactly. It, can you, I mean, have a, like this. I don't need a medical degree to have common courtesy, right? Correct. <laughs> Let's do that. A that escapes bit. a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Right, I'm. You know. I'm. And and the lovely Ashley is still battling this ear infection. Is she? Right? Okay. I, I sent you the uh the the little picture that we we have the little pen that we can put in the ear and show. The, Correct. How'd you like that? that well, I didn't thing. know you Which, had that. That's why I said, "Hey, is that her ear?" You're Like, yeah,
4: dumbass. Yeah, yeah, sure, sir. Yeah.
1: Like, what am it's I Not I another orifice? Me? No, that's her ear. <laughs> that's saying, a, that's her sure. ear. Yes, just making sure.
4: So, I've had but sent me pics before. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure.
2: Oh no. Yeah. Hey. Glad I'm not on that thread. <laughs> well, if it looked like that, oh, they will Oh, okay. he needs some medicine.
1: Yes. <laughs>
4: Hey, what's this thing? <laughs>
1: okay, you never know where this is going to go with Lugo. Correct, yeah. You never know. You never. <laughs> it's going to be entertaining, though. No, so but that was that was bad. That yeah, that huge. was ugly. Hundred percent And she still has this inner ear infection. I've heard some other. Is that going around too? The inner ear. I've had a
4: few people complain of some ear infections, but not not overly concerning. Yeah, and it still hasn't
1: popped. It's been like two and a half week, three weeks now.
4: Yeah, so as ugly as hers is, I probably would have treated that both ways, both topical inside with drops and yeah. oral medications. Yeah. And some steroids to kind of help kind of calm the inflammation down. I mean, that probably needed a hit from both ends. Yeah. Usually if it's just the drum itself, it looks ugly, but her canal also looked ugly too. Yeah. Um, so it looked like it was like, like an inner swimmers ear, people like to call it. Yeah, Um, but that I'm sure on the inside was also ugly on on the inside too.
1: And this can last
4: for weeks and weeks before.
1: Not no, you should be able to nip that in the bud pretty quickly. So yeah, she's still having issues with it. So I don't know. Maybe she needs to come see you then. Yeah, Uh, because the the doctor that she went to, I don't think was really that urgent care. You know, yeah, doc in a box. You call those. Yeah, they don't really give a crap, do they?
4: No, kind of like my VA personnel. Um, yeah, I'll I've got some. Good VA people that I know, but on the on the other side, they
1: just, they're, they're just for the paycheck. They don't care yeah. Too much. Yeah, that's why you got to get it, someone who understands what you're going through, like yourself. Right. Yeah, and and establish a relationship with that doctor, right? 100%. Pick it up from there.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, that's the better thing to do. Someone who knows you, not right. someone who's trying to treat and treat you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that treat and street. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. Hey, we don't talk enough about True Body. Uh, we do the spot on it, but you know, let me you you get you, you see the real time results. Uh, tell the people a little bit more about that machine and what it's doing and co- what kind of results you're getting.
4: True Body. So yeah, True Body is true. as uh, Cutera's True Sculpt and True Flex machine. The two different machines. They combine them together to called True Body. They work. I don't call them miracles, but they they really do a great job. And I, I get a lot of people, why don't you do Cool Sculpting? It's it's better, right? I'm like, no, it's an Allergan product, which Botox that's Allergan, right? So they've got a lot of money to to push that product. And the reason why I chose True Sculpt and True Flex is because they're different. And the True Sculpt actually promotes collagen production. So everyone's ingesting collagen day, putting in their coffee and they're drinking. I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. I want them to understand why they're doing well. It's for my skin. I'm like, well, there are a lot of assumption that's going to help build your th- collagen for your skin. We've got a machine that actually has proven to help with collagen production. So that's why I like that. It's customizable. We can put those things exactly where you want them to go, not like the tr- uh, cool sculpting, which is that shark bite. This doesn't cause uh, nerve damage like the cool sculpting does. Linda Evangelista, the model, everyone knows her damaged her skin from cool sculpting so there's multiple reasons why I like the true sculpt uh, over the true or the cool sculpting and then flex they together when you build that muscle and you burn that fat you start seeing the changes a lot quicker instead of having to wait 12 weeks for true uh, sculpt or cool sculpting to work they work quicker so that's why they're, they're really good and like, if you want that beach body for the summer, mm-hmm. you've got to start now. You can't wait till J- June to call me and say, "Hey, I want to go to the beach next week." I'm like,
1: "Yeah, you come see me back in March, in February to get that." Not so. What does it take? A couple months, two, three months it's to get. Weird- a couple well, months depends to- on how fat you are, I guess. Well, right? yeah, and
4: that's the thing about too. Like, hey, I want to get rid of this. Wall. Well, Tim, I can't see you're just sitting down, but but I get people like, "Hey, I want to no, get rid don't of." This- oh. do
1: it. Don't do it, Tim. Don't
4: you can take it, my though. shirt off. I've seen worse. Give it to me. I don't know, man. But hey, we can put a finger under that. That's one treatment. If it's two fingers under that roll, that's going to be two treatments. If it's three fingers under that roll, that's going to be three treatments. So you know, hey, how many treatments? Well, it depends on how many rolls you got, right? So, right. Depends on how deep that roll is. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to be realistic, right? But, don't come to me, you know, 75 pounds overweight and expect the miracles from the machine. They don't do that. It's for that yeah. stubborn fat. I've lost that weight, but that thing won't go away. That's what these things are, are definitely intended for.
1: Yeah, it's good to know. Uh, and how do they get, uh, they just go to the website, right? And website. Yeah, book
4: it on the website. It's easy. You can do it on Friday night at 10 o'clock at night. And sometimes yeah. call me on Monday morning. You can be booking when you're, when you're, when you're surfing the net. So dot
1: yeah. com. And the other thing we, um, for nutrition and, and just in general, your diet, it, you know, beach season is coming up. Say you want to lose, you know, 10, 15 pounds. Um, first, the best way is to come in and see you, right? That's Have the best you, way
4: let's do, a, let's do a consultation. Um, yep. Look, my undergraduate degree is in nutrition. The difference between my undergraduate nutritional science and a dietitian is I chose to go to medical school. They chose to go to become a dietitian and they are drinking the Kool-Aid on the pyramid. I no longer yeah. drink the Kool-Aid on the pyramid, it's not about the pyramid. But you gotta start with good nutrition, you gotta start eating cleaner. I don't like calling it a diet, diet's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's eating, it's a lifestyle change, really and truly is what it comes down to. It's staying away from drinking a six pack of Coke every single day, right. and eating a bag of potato chips every single day, it's, it's the simple stuff, really truly it is. And when yeah. you give that stuff up, that's when things start happening.
1: All right, partner. B a m m c dot com, Bay Area Modern Medical Center dot com. Just b a m m c dot com. Get your uh, appointment now, and uh, why well, you still can't? Because you're getting busy. I know you're a busy. Well,
4: Mayloss has been really busy. Everybody's been in one of the GLPs, and they, they really do help a subset of population. Yeah. but they're not for everybody. and That's the thing about them. Some that's people the handing they're up their like
1: heads, candy. It's not for everybody. That's, and that's what we talk about all the time. Personalized medicine is where, yes. where everything is going. And you can't get that if you're going to see, if you're seeing your doctor for 15 minutes at a time. You can't, no, do, you can't it's do that. that
4: impossible. Now. I want to know why I don't take insurance because I don't want to treat and street you. I want to yeah. sit. I want to know you. Yeah. That's the
1: importance. Yep. And, uh, and by the way, you can use your insurance to get all your labs done. If you need to see 100%. a specialist, all that other stuff. But have someone, a concierge doctor like Chris Lugo to direct your medical care. And go know back, who you are. Yes. yes. And when you yes. get, you know, even when you get a little ear infection or whatever you get, Heck, yeah. I, call, I call you and you say, yeah, okay, here, I'll call this in for you. Because he knows me. And that's, that's the way all it right. gets done. All right, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time. That's all. Always. Have a great one.
2: All right. Go Gators. Take care. All
1: right. See
2: <laughs> I love saying that. because, you
1: know, I have to say it by law.
2: Go Gators. Then. Yeah. Man, I should have asked him because that's the first time I've been on with him. I meant to ask him about. Uh, oh, well,
1: why didn't she
2: jump supp- right in I, was, there, I was thinking, well, y'all were talking about the body sculpting and stuff. and uh, We'll do it next week I then. Need, I need to ask you about some supplements and stuff like that. Yes.
1: So. Yeah. Uh, he's got me on uh, uh, Cursitin, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D. Um, what else? Gosh, what else do I take? There's uh, bromelain. Uh, and a lot of this stuff is, is more for cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. And I did get the flu, but I had it for about 24 hours. Yeah, I was it. And my congestion lingered for probably about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, but I never, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get the full-on body aches, you know, the full-on, you know, my, I got everybody in, in the house got it, either yeah. COVID or flu or one of the two, and it's it's it lingered for a long time. But I've got, you know, I'm pumping that C and that D and the, a and the multivitamin and Kirsten and those things that he's got me on, and it it's, it seems to work. Yeah. It seems to work. You know, as long as I keep taking it, I don't, you know, I don't get sick. So, and that's all over uh, the
2: counter stuff pretty much that you're taking.
1: Yeah. That's all yeah. over the counter stuff. Um, but you know, get the, get the better quality stuff, spend a couple extra bucks mm. to get the better quality stuff uh, because it, ma- it makes a difference. Sure. And, and the other part is, you know, and I've not done as good a job as I need to do, but you know, it's so cliche, but man, fruits and vegetables, Eat, you know, I get a bag of oranges. I'm trying to eat two or three of those little, you know, oranges a yeah. day. You know, have the apple a day, is yeah. it's <laughs> it's a true cliche, thing. Yeah. but it works. Yeah, it's good stuff for you. All right, um, uh, let's get back to our commenters here before we get out of here. Nathan, uh, um, we are we're arguing about the fan bases here. He says we can agree and to respectfully disagree, and we can, Nathan. We yeah. can do that snowbirds are the lifeblood supporting spring training and when they leave the real mlb fan base leaves i still think there's a there's a huge race untapped race fan base the ones that watch all the time on tv but just can't get to the games because of the location or the lack of wanting to because of the owner and yeah. then james says uh, great ownership great market and winning like lightning means attendance is never an issue that's right if the Rays can get new ownership and build a thirty thousand seat state of the art facility, you won't have seven K Tuesday nights when Kansas City comes. I I I may be wrong, Nathan, but I agree with James and I, I, I I've always believed that. And it's because we've seen it. The lightning did it. You know? And like I said, had we done it right from the beginning and the team would have been on Tampa. And this and this is the thing that you know, St. Pete people get mad or the few people that care about baseball in St. Pete get mad at me for saying this. It's not that St. Pete is a bad place. It's all. It's an awesome place. It's the reason they don't need a baseball stadium. They got the beaches. They got the downtown. It's freaking beautiful, but it's not a place for a baseball stadium. And um, if we did it right here, I think, you know, I'm not saying we're drawing, you know, we're not going to be the Cardinals. We're not going to draw 40,000 every freaking night, but you draw, you average 19 to 20,000, which I think you would do. Um, you're good to go. And and more than that, you get an owner that's going to put money back into the team and not take it all out yeah. and never spend money on payroll. And that's, what's been done. That's fact. That's fact. So hopefully we fix all those things. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us once again, especially on the strike one oh two point five HD. Remember now, if you're driving around 10 to noon, you can listen to us live. Um, and then uh, Greg Linnelli and Dave Michigan follow us from 12 to one with the live show. And then a lot of great programming, uh, martini mondays with phil and bobby the chief taylor uh greg wolf and and cody's um uh, podcast as well uh, chris Crenn and gabby shirley have a podcast that we put up there all kinds of great lightning stuff so each and every day we're on live uh we're live from 10 to, to 1 o'clock right here on the strike so 102.5 check it out and we'll be back tomorrow or uh, on monday with more fun and frivolity have a great weekend timmy see ya go
2: bolts go bolts